0: Well, we're uh, concluding our series different today, and uh, we've been looking at the book of uh, 1 Peter, and Peter's reminding Christ followers that when they face persecution, he reminds them of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, and then he also reminds, and he says this over and over and over again in in the book, that we are called to be different. We're called to a different life. We've been set apart. We're called to live holy, God-honoring lives, and that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. You know, we're aliens here, uh, but we're citizens in heaven. And Peter is addressing Christians that have forgotten their calling. He's reminding them that the trials that they're facing are refining fire, that it's producing gold in them, so to speak. And 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Friends, we talked about this last week, that when you understand who God calls you to be, when, when you understand who you are and who you were created to be, that you will know what to do in your life. And I will tell you, today's message is encouraging, I believe, but it also might be a message that you do not want to hear, according to your perspective at this point. But Jesus never promised that we would not have problems in our lives. He never promised that there wouldn't be struggles, that we wouldn't get our heart broken, that we wouldn't be disappointed. He never promised if you do the right thing, that you wouldn't suffer for it. In fact, Jesus promises that if you are a Christ follower, if you are obedient, if you are God-honoring in your life, if you live life different, that the world actually will hate you. And in fact, Jesus said it this way. He says, if the world hates you, just remember that it hated me first. Jesus says, if you, you belong to the world, then the world would love you as its own, but I have chosen you from this world and you do not belong to it. And that is why the world hates you. Now that's a different perspective, isn't it? I mean, Peter is writing Christ followers in the first century who are facing extreme persecution. They are being tortured and executed under the, the reign of the Roman emperor Nero. And Christians during that time were actually hated in society. And I think in today's world, you know, there are some Christians across the globe that experience extreme persecution. But in America, most of us have very little experience with persecution. I mean, sure, maybe you've been disliked because of your faith, maybe even hated. But most of us, if we're honest, we have not suffered like some of our brothers and sisters in Christ in other areas of the world. And what I hope we understand, and we don't close our eyes to, is that some Christ followers right now in our world are experiencing extreme persecution. In fact, statistically, experts tell us that this may have been the worst decade in the history of the world for the persecution of Christians. And I want you just to kind of take this in for a moment. This, in the last 12 months, the last year, over 260 million Christians are living in countries where there is high levels of persecution. Nearly 3,000 Christians were killed for their faith in the last year. Almost 9,500 churches and Christian organizations in the world have been attacked, some of them burned to the ground because of the faith. And this is just staggering. Each month, 30 days, more than 800 followers of Jesus Christ are either beaten, tortured, raped, or imprisoned because of their faith in the world. Let that sink in. I mean, depending on where you live, the level of persecution varies and I will tell you that the, the pendulum of persecution can swing. In some parts of the world, you can lose your life. In other parts, you lose a job or a promotion. In some parts of the world, you may be beaten for your faith. In other parts, they may just make fun of you because of your faith. But it's the extremes. It's a perspective that we need to understand because Jesus says, if you follow me, the world will hate you and persecute you. And it's in the midst of persecution that Peter encourages Christ's followers to live boldly, to live boldly for the one who gave his life for you. And he says this, he says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Friends, if you live boldly for Jesus Christ, if you live obediently, if you live different, if you are God honoring in your life, Peter says, don't be surprised if you get criticized. Don't be surprised if there's ridicule that comes your way. Don't, don't be surprised if you deal with some spiritual opposition. And I know as I say that, that some of you are sitting there thinking, you go, well, I don't know that I've ever experienced persecution or anything like that. I want you to hold that thought for a moment, okay? Now, I'm gonna ask you to stretch your imagination for a moment. I want you to imagine that I'm playing in the NBA. See, I told you it was gonna be a stretch here. But but let's imagine for a moment, I'm playing in the NBA, you're watching the game on TV, and, and you see me. And I'm sitting on the bench. You go, well, I could imagine that. Uh, but I'm sitting on the bench, and I'm not even watching the game. The fact is, I'm playing on my phone, You know, I'm taking selfies of myself, posting them on Instagram. I'm ordering hot dogs. I'm drinking a Dew, and I'm just doing my own thing, all right? Do you think that my opponent's are concerned about me impacting the game? Yes or no? No, not at all. They're like, eh, he's checked out. On the other hand, if I were on the court and I was hustling and I'm setting picks and I'm getting rebounds and I'm a threat to score, well, guess what? They're gonna do whatever they can to stop me. Well, the same thing is true when it comes to spiritual matters. See, if you believe in Jesus, but you're on the bench, not paying attention to the game, maybe you're wearing the jersey, but you're not in that game. I mean, if you're not at church regularly, if you're not engaged, if other things have your attention, you know, that kind of keep you off the court, if you're not pursuing God, praying, spending time in God's word, if you're not using your talents for the kingdom of God, if you're not giving for the cause of Jesus Christ, if you're not sharing your faith with the people around you, you may believe in Jesus, but I will tell you, you're not representing him boldly. And the enemy absolutely doesn't notice you. But when you engage, the enemy takes notice and I will tell you, when you engage, you do face opposition along the way. It comes your way. The fact is that as, as we engage and as we're, we're doing, the enemy notices that. He notices that. And you will face opposition. You will. Imagine for a moment a soldier. Soldier sent into battle. And upon going into battle, they return to their commanding officer. And they go, You're not going to believe it. They're shooting at me. I I, 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 don't know what, I didn't know that was going to happen when I went out there. Well, what's the commanding officer going to say? Well, what did you expect? We're at war. Christ followers, it is not a playground we're on, it is a battleground. We are at war. Against forces of darkness in this world, it is a spiritual battle that we face, and when you engage, you must expect to face some opposition in life that 's why peter says he says don 't be surprised you 're the stuff you 're going through if if don 't act like it 's something strange that 's happening to you. fiery trials see he was uh, Pointing the Christ followers in that day was reminding them that they they actually took Christians, dipped them in wax, Nero did, had them dipped in wax, hung on poles, and set on fire, and it lit up the night sky of Rome on a regular basis. He says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials, as if something strange was happening to you. See, I think if Peter was writing that today, he might uh, write to someone like in North Korea or Afghanistan, and he might say, don't be surprised if you're imprisoned for your faith. Don't be surprised if a loved one, someone that you really care about, dies because of their faith. You know, if he was writing to a new Christian in China, he might say, well, don't be surprised If your family disowns you and comes up against you because of your faith. You know, don't be surprised if you face incredible dangers and find it very difficult to survive because of your faith. You know, he might write to a a freshman girl or guy. says, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you don't get a second date because of your stance on purity. You know, he might say to you or me, Don't be surprised if people make fun of you. Don't be surprised if you don't get that promotion at work because of your faith. Don't be surprised if you face opposition because of your values. You know, don't be surprised if you face fiery trials in your life. Friends, if you're making a difference for the kingdom of God... If you're living obediently, I will tell you, you are disturbing the forces of darkness in the world. You're shaking and rattling hell with the way you live. And when you live boldly for Jesus Christ, do not be surprised when you face opposition in life. Peter says, Instead, be glad. Instead, be glad? Instead, be glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. Suffering, you know, that's, that's kind of a different perspective, isn't it? Be glad, be happy about it. What? I mean, the, the fact is when you face trials, Peter says, be glad about it. Be glad about it. You're going to face that. You're going to face suffering. Have you ever thought about that in your, in your life? Thought about the fact that I'm facing this problem, this difficulty, and I'm going to be glad. Why? Because you're partners with Jesus Christ and his suffering so that you'll have that wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to the world. See, we, we become heirs with Christ. I mean, why is it that so many of us would say, you know, I've, I've never really experienced any kind of persecution? I was thinking about this a lot this week. It's like, I think culture is has led us astray I I think culture has convinced us what is the most important thing in life is a thing called comfort and so we have a very skewed perspective I mean we would rather have a comfortable conversation than a helpful or honest conversation rather have a a easy day than to face pain in my life I, i would rather have comfort and friends when we pursue comfort at any cost the the fact is even if it hinders my spiritual walk i will tell you we're in trouble think about the way you pray bless me god keep my family safe, protect my family, you know, make this week go smooth, you know, make things go smooth at work, make things go smooth at school, at home. We're consumed with being comfortable, aren't we? Avoiding conflict, dodging opposition, In fact, if we were honest, we usually take the path of what? Least resistance. Think about it. You're at work. You're at work and the conversation turns. And so suddenly you're in a conversation and it gets sexist or racist or vulgar or, you know, it just gets really negative. And you know it's not God-honoring. You know that. You, you know it's wrong. But what happens? We blend in. Why, why is that? Comfort. Comfort. I don't want to make waves. Don't want anybody to make fun of you. Don't want to be the odd one out, so to speak. And so, what do you do? You blend in. Or, or you join in. Or you just don't say anything. You know, maybe if someone asks you, hey, are you a Christian? You say, yes. But otherwise, you don't say a thing. Again, I think it's about comfort. Comfort. You know, and I know some of you are blowing me off right now. But I want you to think about this past week, your week. And and tell me which one of these best describes who you are. You know, the first approach, I think is a very common approach today. And that is, I want to be happy. I don't want to upset anyone. Really don't want anybody mad at me. And I want to have a really good day today. I want it to go smooth in my life. And so what do you do? Well, I'm going to avoid any kind of confrontation, any kind of opposition, you know, at, at any cost, to be quite honest, even if it weakens my faith. And so you end up not really standing for anything, but, but you blend in. And over time, I will tell you that you drift and you will lose passion for your faith. And if you're not careful, one day you wake up and you feel very empty inside and you feel like God is really, really far away, which perpetuates our pursuit of, of comfort. Because you know how this goes. So I feel empty inside. Well, maybe. This thing will fill the void. You know, maybe this place, maybe this experience, maybe this relationship will finally fill this void and emptiness in my life. So there are a lot of people that live this way. But there's another way to live. It's a second approach. And I'll I'll warn you, this is a very different perspective but the only way that that you can live is to recognize that you are an alien on this planet, a citizen of heaven. You represent a king that is not from this world. And Jesus' standards, friends, are very different than the world's standards. Christ followers, you are called by God. You were created by God. You're you're called to love when other people hate. You know, we are called to give when other people are taking advantage of others. You know, we are called to bless when other people are lashing out. And we are called by God to have a radically different perspective on this whole thing called life. See, instead of pursuing comfort, you start living boldly for Jesus Christ, expressing his love to the world, sharing your faith with the world, standing up for what is right, what is godly, and what is noble. Two very, very different approaches to life. Again, think about your week. Which one best describes you? Which one is it? Be honest with yourself. You know, is it, is it pursuing comfort, avoiding any tension at any cost, blending in? Or is it living boldly for Jesus Christ, being God-honoring and being obedient to him? When you're different from the world, the world will not always like you. You will face opposition. But the trials, the things we go through because of that, Peter says, makes you a partner with Jesus Christ. So if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to God who created you for he will never fail you. I want you to let that sink in. See, there's a principle there. It is, it is different. It, it is defining in life. It, it screams to us as Christ followers that in every area of our life, in your family, in your relationships, in your finances, in your work, in your recreation, no matter what's going on in the world, do what's right and trust God with the results. Do what's right and trust your life to God. You know, if you're suffering right now in some way, if you're suffering for doing what is God honoring, you keep doing it and you trust God, God will never fail you. That's a lot of hope right there. If, you, if you're like the world, guess what? The world probably love you. You'll never be persecuted in any way, any fashion. But if you're following Jesus Christ, you, you can't be like the world. You just can't. You're different. And guess what? The world will hate you at times. It's just a reality. And you know, I recently, everything, it's crazy right now. Is it kind of crazy? And I was talking to to a guy and he uh, caught me and he, I boiled it down. We had about a half hour conversation, but he said, does it seem like Christians are under fire, you know, that they're being persecuted a little bit in America. He says, I, I think it's getting worse. And then he got to, to the question and he says, does it scare you? And I didn't even have to think. I said, no, not really. And I spent quite a bit of time explaining. I just said, you know, throughout history, persecution has always strengthened the church. It always has. It it purifies and it strengthens the the faith during times of persecution. In fact, persecution will force people to decide what really matters to them. And then I kind of turned it back to him. I said, you know, persecution will make you decide who you really are. Peter continues he says and all of you dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble he's quoting Old Testament there so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up in honor Christ followers humble yourself before God Continue to do what's right. Trust God with the results in your life. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. He will lift you up. Peter says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I got stuck on this verse for a little bit because I recognize right now there are a lot of people hurting in the world. And this time is full of a lot of uncertainties, difficulties. You know, there's a lot of pain. You know, the fact is this world's broken. People are lost, rudderless. I think there are a lot of people looking for guidance. And Peter, he just wraps it up. He says, give all your worries and cares to God. He cares about you. Let it go. Give it to him. And he finishes the the book with a beautiful, beautiful statement, in my opinion. He says, After you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. You really need to kind of pause there and take that in. Restore support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be power forever and ever. Amen. Friends, catch this. I'm going to put it all together for you. This is kind of the, you're going to go, well, you could have just preached that one minute here and we would have got it, but, you know. If you, as a Christ follower, continue to do what is right, and trust God, God is faithful. God will reveal himself. God will never, ever, ever, ever fail you. Our God's good. Our God's worthy of praise. And that is why we do not live like the world. We have been set apart. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are called by God to be different in every way. We are called to be holy. You know, we are called to be obedient. And do not be surprised when the world doesn't understand you. Just continue to do what is right and God honoring and trust God with the results, period. You trust God with the results, And after you've suffered a little while, in other words, you're probably going to suffer some, our great and loving and caring God will restore you, will support you, will strengthen. When you're weak, he's going to give you strength and will establish you in your life, will place you on a firm foundation for living. When everything else is sinking sand, you got something to stand on in Christ. And if you live that way, I truly believe all praise goes to God. Friends, we are called, we are called, we are called by God to be different. And so the question is are you? Are you different? Do you want to be different? And can you do the right thing, God-honoring thing, and just trust God with the results? Let's stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we uh, praise you today. And God, I... uh, I pray that we hear your call. God, when everybody else is doing wrong, we do what's right. When others are running from you, Lord, we pursue you. God, we trust you. We know you have our best interest at heart. And God, help us to live as people not of this world. We're just in it. God, may we represent you boldly, rightly, lovingly. God, may we be a shining light in the midst of darkness. God, we give you the glory with how we live, with all we say. We pray all these things in Jesus' name amen. God's people said, let's worship together.